Shalom Alekim. Alekim Shalom. You ready to go? I am definitely ready to go. Baruch Hashem. Well, welcome everyone to the Haftarah Get You Some. This is Shomer Man and Chasis. Everybody suit up. <laughs> All right. The Birkat Haftarah. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam who has chosen faithful prophets to speak words of truth. Blessed are you, Adonai, for the revelation of Torah, for your servant Moshe, for your people, Yisrael, and for the prophets of truth and righteousness. B'Shem Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. Amen. All right. So we are in Parsha Beha Alotka. So go ahead and do the honors. All right. Well, first of all, you kind of, you've inspired me. Um, you have your, uh, I remember you, you're always adapting the names of the parshas yes. to fit their meetings. Uh-huh. And so with this half Torah, I decided just taking off inspiration from, from you that we could possibly call it Baha'alot. Baha the Messiah. Oh, like told the Messiah. I, I, I see what you did there. It's all about Mashiach, Mashiach, Mashiach. Uh oh. <laughs> Come on. Come on. All right. So, Beha Alo Messiah, Mashiach. Beha Alod Hamashiach. Beha Alod Hamashiach. It's, it's I try to make it work. <laughs> well, you know, this this week's Parsha's name, I mean, it is like a lot of syllables. So, you know, it's like so amazing. Rukashem. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely. Rukashem. So I figured we could start off um, by our, our tradition of just looking at the characters in our half Torah and just little shooting off some fun facts about them. All right, bring it on. All right, so let's start with Zechariah, since this is the, the book that the half Torah is in. Mm -hmm. It says in Sanhedrin 99a, Zechariah prophesied during the Second Temple era. What? Yep. Second <laughs> Temple? This is after Babylon? Second Temple. Good night. Okay. It's another one. Zechariah is also called Meshulam in Nehemiah 8.4 because he was Shalim perfect in deeds, Megillah 23a. Oh, snap. And Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi received the traditions of the Torah from the prophets before them. Okay. So okay. This, is, uh, this is not just... Some new person on the scene doing MSU saying I heard from a show. No, all our oral tradition is from like the greatest Sadakim who ever lived. Uh, the greatest prophets that you read about in, in your scriptures. Wow. So I think there's something to take comfort in that. You actually see these people, you see uh, how fervent they were in holding fast the word of God and how just like our Messiah they followed in his footsteps because, like him, they said, repent and repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. 
And, so, and you realize you just said that these prophets followed in the footsteps of Mashiach and logically in our human mind, we think, well, Mashiach came after. So how can they follow someone who comes after? Yeah, because he's the first and the last. It says, behold, the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundations of the world. Before the foundations of the world. Right. Before. Keyword. Right. Before. <laughs> <laughs> Brukashimon says the Aramaic translation of the prophets was uh, written by Yonatan Samauziel, who had heard it from his teachers, i.e., from Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. Really? So the Targum, yeah. is that the Targum Yonatan? Uh, I believe so. Okay, so again, we have another link to predecessors who are in the long chain handed down from Moshe. Mm -hmm. So it's not just like stuff coming up, making, making stuff up, come out of nowhere. I just keep like reiterating and reemphasizing as I'm asking questions because, you know, I didn't really grow up like knowing all this information and I never would have even thought that there is a stream of truth and teaching that flowed from Moshe all the way down, even to the prophets, even beyond that, you know, and it's like to keep hearing on so many different sides and um, with different people that are in the Bible or that are not in the Bible, but they're connected, you know, and so it's just incredible. That's true. And I'm, I'm glad you bring out points because it's like, it's, it's a matter of, heritage you know when yes. you when you grow up in like uh, an environment that is not a jewish environment so you grow up in like a come from a background of like christian church mm -hmm. you know like you're detached from the identity from the culture from the heritage that's been passed down these traditions that's been passed down and so really a lot of the missions that i feel like some of the apostles and the disciples of yeshua had was to reattach some of these these nations these, these former gentiles to the covenant to the history of the yes wow i mean and so it's cool that we get to uh connect and and sympathize with being on part of like the other side of that mission i i definitely agree with that you know it's like the whole campaign that rabbi griffin started a.k.a. Captain Yisrael, get you some. He started the whole, you know, no MSU, and we source everything out, you know. And so, as it were, we put ourselves back in that link, and we we reconnect back to our heritage, you know. And so, I mean, man, like, what a blessing, what a privilege. Incredible. How good is our portion, how beautiful our heritage. Well, we pray from the Sador every day. So, mm -hmm. man, I agree. Oh, wow. There's a prayer about that. <laughs> yeah, a prayer about that. It's like a new thing. Instead of there's an app about that, there's a prayer about that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That needs to be a, a logo somewhere. Uh, man, that would be nice. <laughs> All the logo makers out there, shout out. Uh -huh. Make it. Make it. Do it.
One last thing from Zechariah says, I've seen it end to every purpose, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. Psalms 119.96. The verse was said by David, but it, the breadth of the Torah, was not clearly defined. Finally, Ooh. Zechariah, son of Ido, came and defined it. As it is written, I see a scroll representing the oral law portion of the Torah, Rashi, folded in half. Its length is 20 cubits and its breadth is 10 cubits, Zechariah 5.2. When you spread it out, it is 20 by 20 or 400 square cubits. Furthermore, it is written front and back, Ezekiel 2.10. So that if you peel it to separate front and back, you will get 40 by 20 or 800 square cubits. Moreover, it is written, who measured the waters and the hollow of his hand and meted out heaven with a span, Isaiah 40.12. That is, the whole world is one span, which is half a cubit. The Torah, which Zechariah saw, is 800 square cubits or 3,200 square spans. The whole world is thus one uh, 3,200th of the Torah, Arabim oh. 21a. My goodness. What did you just do? <laughs> well, I think there's a lot within that. Um, but one of the things is, is he clearly defined the Torah through the oral law man which is vast as vast as a sea which is vast wow. so so the whole world is just one three thousand two hundredth of the torah man okay so literally what do we know what do we know <laughs> <laughs> exactly and uh, I guess we can go on to uh, touch on a couple of the characters we have, just a few things about them, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Go for it. And I appreciate the introduction on Zachariah. This is uh, definitely not some Google jockey. So, uh for that information. Bavakasha. And definitely, I mean, like you said, like these are all highly accredited people, um, people of just quality and their character and their knowledge and everything. I mean. So we have a few more people. We have Zerubbabel, which is mentioned in this uh, half Torah. One of the ancestors of Mashiach. Yes. Zerubbabel. Come on. He was called this because he was conceived in Babylon. Mm, what excellent. was his real name? Nehemiah, son of Achaliah, San- Sanhedrin 38a. What? Yep. His real name, Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah. But he was called this because he was conceived in Babylon. Kind of like Moshe conceived in Egypt. Oh, my word. Joseph concealed in Egypt and Yeshua, who Still was brought down in Mitzrayim. Yes. So there's that that pattern unfolding about like the one who would be like the son of uh, ancestor of David and the royal, royal, royal line of Mashiach. Wow. So the Redeemer is concealed in the territory of our enemy. Exactly. And hopefully we'll have the chance to elaborate on that further. There's like I said, there's so much in this half Torah. I don't think we'll be able to get to it all, but uh, Bizrashim will, will hit a good chunk of it. 
Well, then, uh, can you heat our tone? Let's go ahead and turn up the boosters and jet. All right. Well, a few more things. Uh, the Holy One, blessed be he, will sit in his heavenly host, and Zerubbabel, son of Shethil, will stand before him as his interpreter. Then God will reveal before Zerubbabel the wisdom of the Torah. Ooh. And so you have Zerubbabel as Hashem's interpreter or his mediator, if you will. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Let's connect that with the whole line of Mashiach thing. Well, if I could tag real quick. Um, Go for it. You know, Babel, if you spell that backwards, it spells Levav, which is the word for heart. And then you have Zeru, which is seed. So you have literally the seed of the heart. And then the seed, of the, heart. the seed of the heart. And we know who the heart of Torah, the heart of the spirit, you know, and we think about the seed, the one who there is enmity between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. And that's Mashiach. So the heart of Mashiach is basically what you can look at Zerubbabel as a interpretation. Man, that is incredible. That is awesome, man. On that, that seed um, thing, like Yeshua, Yeshua says, he mentions like out of the, the words come from the heart. Ooh. Right. And yes. you look at the first and last letters of the Torah, it spells Lev. Right? Uh, heart, if you read it backwards. And what's at the center of that heart, like you talked about, you mentioned the seed. Well, the, yes. the center of the Torah uh, is a Vav. Which is referred yes. to uh, man, because it stands up upright like a man. Wow! It's also it's also the the letter of a net of truth because it's this very very straight line, and so you have this this man who is truth at the very heart of the Torah, the seed that's coming out from wow. the Torah. It's supposed to be revealed and, and flourishing and growing. Ooh, amen. Well, I just uh, did a quick gematria on uh, Lamed Vet Vav. The gematria is 38. And that gematria means uh, in the tent. Uh, like Mato Ohaleka Yaakov. In your tents. Yes. Wow. That was just quick gematria. I just wanted to. Yeah, no. That was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Uh, one, more right. one more character before we go in. Uh, it's Yehoshua. Yehoshua? Uh-huh. And okay. Yehoshua, son of uh, Yehoshadak. It says, yes. he was a high priest, the son of a high priest, Shira Shia Rabbah, 5-5. Five, five. Another one. He was perfectly righteous, Zohar, 318-5b. Oh. The last one, when the temple was burning, 80 priests were hiding among its counterpart, counter compartments. Excuse me. All of them were burned except for Yehoshua bin Yehoshadah, who survived. Wow. Yushlam, Shlami, Tani, four five. Tani, four five. 
Yes. Wow. Well, Brooke Hashem. So, um, do we have any more uh, people that we want to introduce before we go to break? Nope. I think I think we're gonna call it right there. Unless you have anything more to, to add or say. Well, um, I just find it very interesting that Yehoshua was delivered from a fiery furnace. Yes. You know, just kind of following the pattern there. <laughs> yeah. And also it was like Ben and then the, the N word is kind of like uh, Sadiq, like Sadak. Right. Kind of like Sadiq, like the righteous one. The righteous one delivered from the fiery furnace. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Well, Baruch Hashem, that will conclude our first segment. So we'll be right back after this with our next segment. Shalom. Shalom. And Shalom, welcome back for the next segment of the Haftarah Get You Some. How you doing over there, Chassis? Great. Uh, how are you? I'm doing well. Great introduction. Been uh, appreciating the cruising takeoff altitude there yeah we're about to start soaring a little higher i know you're up for it oh yeah and so uh before we before we get into all this stuff uh let's just kind of talk about how it connects to our our parsha okay and really it comes down to the menorah i'll get you some so at the the beginning of uh, there's this menorah that's being kindled yes and towards the end of our half for half torah there's this menorah that's being revealed oh so and the so, the beginning of our parsha is the end of the half torah yes mm. and what's incredible is this this the beginning of the, this uh torah portion and all throughout this half Torah, um, it's there's this olive kav written all across the board. Mm. And so you have the beginning, you have the end. I'm the first and I'm the last. You know, I'm the alf, the tav. You know, Mashiach is also one of the principles of faith for yes. uh, Hashem, the first mm-hmm. and last. Wow. So that said, Rashi uh, talks about the verse where it says, speak to Aaron and say to him, when you kindle the lamps toward the face of the menorah, shall the seven lamps cast light. And so Rashi comments on this, says, when you kindle, it means literally to raise. Because the flames ra- uh, rises, scripture writes of their kindling as expressed of rising. Mm. One must kindle until the flame rises by itself. Amen. And so this idea of kindling actually has the arising of elevating. Of, Hence you know, where Beha Alotka would come from. We're elevating with the kindling. Yeah, it's like the Aliyah. Aliyah for real. Aliyah for real. <laughs> <laughs> he goes on to say, what is, what is he Aliyah? What does he rise? What does he kindle? He kindles the olive tav hanerot. Ooh. The olive tav hanerot. Right. And there, ner, lamp, is actually a name of Mashiach. No. 
Come on, so man. What, rising. It says, Mashiach as lamp ne'er is found in. There I will make the horn of David grow. I will prepare a lamp for my anointed. Psalms 132.17. It continues saying in a Midrash, Midrash Adagah, Exodus 27.21. I will redeem you through Mashiach, who is likened to a lamp, a ne'er. As it says, I will prepare a lamp for my anointed. And lastly, if I could do a, a shameless Hanukkah plug, even though we're, we're not in the season, but Zerashim will we'll get there oh, and enjoy it. Feel free to plug some Hanukkah, because I will later. <laughs> it says, each Hanukkah, uh, the, or, so the name lamp is also found in connection to Hanukkah. Mm. According to Rabbi Svi Elimelech Sophia, each Hanukkah, at the time of lighting the candles, the concealed light in Mashiach is revealed. <gasps> These eight days are called Hanukkah from the word education, Chanuk. Education about what? Education about the redemption that will come after the defeat of the evil empire. This is why the miracle was light, that concealed light, the kind of future light, which is a light of King Mashiach. And this is the meaning of, I will prepare a lamp for my anointed. B'nai Yizakar, Kislev, Tibet 2.16. Oh, my word. Do you know what you just said? Tag. Go and I it. agree wholeheartedly because the halakha of kindling a Hanukkah is that you are not to benefit from its light. I.e., with this being the revealing of the concealed light that is in the world to come, we can get a glimpse of it, but we can't fully experience it. Basically, the life that we get to live in Mashiach is that we have a foretaste of the Olam Haba as first fruits of the resurrection. So, as you were just saying all of that, that's just kind of what ran through my mind. That's incredible. Bringing Holocaust into it. Man. Well, I, I, Man. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and so you have this idea, this, this flame, this concealed light that's meant to be revealed from this menorah. And who is, who is rising these flames? It's the Kohen Gadol. Just like in our portrait, it's all about Yehoshua, the Kohen Gadol. Oh, snap. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And so on that, I'd like to get into a little story. Oh, story time. Story time from the weekly Midrash. All right. So a little, little backstory on, this is a little backstory on uh, Yehoshua the Kongadol. All right. Story time begins now. Go. This was what happened. The Gemara says in Peret Kalech that two false prophets once lived during the Babylonian exile. One was called Sedechiah bin Maaseah, and the other was named Achav bin Kaliah. Sedechiah approached Nebuchadnezzar's daughter and told her that God had sent a command to her, a command to her to lie with Achav. Achav told her the same story about Sedechiah. The girl told her father what had happened, and he told her, when they come to you, send them to me. 
She did as she was asked, and she sent the two of them to her father. When they stood before him, he asked them, Why did God give you such a message? While he did not say this to Karaniah, Mishael, and Azariah, the men answered, They were not real prophets, but we are. Ooh. Then I will test you as I tested them, retorted Nebuchadnezzar, by placing you in a fiery oven. There were three of them, protested the false prophets. And so they had greater combined merit than the two of us, and the merit was sufficient to save them. So pick another to join you, commanded Nebuchadnezzar. The two of them chose the high priest, Yehoshua, certain that in his merit, they would, be sa- they would all be saved. The three of them were placed in the fire, and the two false prophets were burned up. Nope, didn't happen. Yehoshua was saved, only his clothing was burnt. Nebuchadnezzar now questioned him. I know that you are a righteous man. How was it then that your clothing was burnt, whereas the clothing of Hanakiah, Mishael, and Azariah remained unharmed? There were three of them and only one of me, explained Yehoshua. But Avraham was also alone in the oven, returned Nebuchadnezzar. Yet he survived and his clothing intact. In Avraham's case, Yehoshua answered, the fire was not permitted to burn at all. But here, because the fire was permitted to burn, Zedekiah and Akav, it would burn my clothing as well. Further, if two dry sticks catch fire, a third stick nearby will also be scorched, even if it was damp. But the truth was that Yehoshua had sinned by allowing his children to marry divorcees. Oh. They are forbidden to priests, and that is why his clothing was burnt. And some translations, some commentaries said it was Gentiles. Oh, snap! And so there's our, our fire fiery furnace story, just like Avraham, just like um, the, um, sorry, last word, Azariah, Hananiah, and Mishael. You know, I'm so glad you brought this story up, and I'm so glad that three times now we've said the names of these three Hebrew descendants of David. Uh, I'm so glad we've said their names because all, all they're known as is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And it's like, that is just so foreign and so, I would say Greek, but it's Babylonian, but it might as well be. And it's all Greek to me. Yeah, right? But, you know, when you really think about what their names mean, you take away the meaning of their names, which is another reason why I always try to encourage people to say Yeshua, you know, if they're not comfortable with that, because... When you say the name, you bring in the meaning, you bring in the depth and the understanding, the essence of who they are, you know. So, Kananiah, uh, Mishael, and Azariah, like, beautiful. Like, they're incredible young men. These are the ones who were with Daniel, right, and the king's in the king's court, and they were the one who were like, nope, we're just going to eat straight vegetables. Like, we're not going to eat the king's meat. We're not going to drink his wine. You know, we're just going to stay straight paleo, like no meat, parv. <laughs> like, and, and they've ended up being stronger than, the, than their counterparts that were around them. So for, for these gentlemen to be in line with Abraham and in line with Yehoshua thrown into the furnace being delivered, I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, definitely. I love I love that you mentioned about like 
the Hebrew names and how it's so important for us to attach ourselves to the pure identity, not what's yes. cloaked on the outside. Ooh, and break that cleaver. <laughs> yeah, break that cleaver because what that cleaver does, it separates you from Hashem and his pure word mm-hmm. and coming closer to him. So, wow. That got wow. Broken. Amen. And if I could tag one more time before you keep going, um, the clothes of Yehoshua being burnt is co- with with that being connected to the fact that his, he allowed his sons to marry divorcees or even Gentiles. I mean, that is continued proof of what we've been learning about how the mitzvot themselves are clothing for us. And so here we have a spiritual picture of being disobedient, which is being lack in our mitzvah keeping that that affects clothing. And we have a physical representation of that right here. Yes. I mean, so yeah. will, will elucidate this burnt clothing a little more. What? But yeah, and so I think, but we got to break this klipa, like you said. They're they're cloaked in this this Greek attire, just like Mashiach, man, you know, and, and many many other uh, many others. And so I think the way we break this klipa is by the light of the menorah. Oh no, you so, didn't! It's all about the menorah. This is how it connects with our Torah Porsche. and and let's just I want to start off by going to the last part of this half Torah. Okay. Wow. <laughs> and so it comes down to this. Uh, let's see, 4-2. Zechariah 4-2. All right. I'm there. So the angel, angel asked him, what do you see? And I said, I look and behold, a lampstand all of gold. Mm. And it goes on to say, and there in 4-3, and there were two olive trees by it. And oh. Zechariah asked this question. He said, what are these, my Lord? What are these? Talking about these, these two trees. Right. I believe this, is, this is what we have to ask ourselves. This is the this is a lens where we, what I really want to focus on looking at this, this, this half Torah. What do you see? And when we see it, what are these? Wow. And so I answer this question Real quick, and then we'll elucidate this a little more. So it says, what are these? The response to his question, commentary on response to his question by Man Loez, says, these two olive trees are the Mashiach ben David and the Mashiach ben Yosef. Oh, my. I'm, I'm going to throw something. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? He comes right out and just says it. Wow. Just not even pull the yeah. punch. Just, uh, well, just come straight in the room, fist to the face. Says, according to the sages, it ref- and uh, behold, the lampstamp of all gold. According to the sages, this refers to the Jewish people. They have illuminated the world with the merit by hearing, adhering to the Torah. Ooh. And then it talks about these two olive trees, Mashiach and Yosef and Mashiach and David. The two olive trees are the two. Oh, I just, yeah. I just don't know what to and, do right now. And so continues on. I'm not, I'm not going to let you recuperate too much from that. Continues on. The Jewish people are a lamp stamp, all of gold. As it says, all of you is fair, my beloved, and there is no blemish in you. Shira, Shira, 4, 7. 
for your sake, I was sent into the Babylonian exile. Wow. The two olive trees by it. Some say these are the two anointed ones. The priest anointed in wartime and the king anointed to rule over Israel. Wow. And so you have this idea that these, these olive trees are by the menorah. And I was listening to your, your half Torah or your Basora uh, Josh podcast that you did with um, Zagan Yochanan. Yes, sir. He went and talked about how Yeshua is the menorah when he says that he's the light of the world. Yes. Uh, but but yes. here it says the Jewish people are the lampstamp of all gold. They're the menorah. So which one is it? Are they the Jewish people or is it Mashiach? Yes. yes. Right? Because there's this principle that the Sadiq, the righteous one, uh, connects so much with his, with his people that he, right. he becomes one with them. Right. He even sees to the point where he even sees their sins as being his own sins, even though they're not, even though he's pure and without fault, just like Yehoshua said in the Zohar, Yehoshua was pure. Right. And completely yes. righteous. Wow. What were you say? I was just saying, you know, with with the whole thing about the menorah being the Jewish people and then you got the two Mashiachs, you know, that shows such a epic monumental picture and all oh, we need to go to break but um <laughs> like <laughs> this this picture shows that this menorah is self-sufficient like it needs no other fueling source because the trees are on either side and they're like feeding into this yes so i mean i just don't know like it's just I'm the I'm the true vine, you know, you're the branches and you know the zodiac is the trunk of the tree and the branches are the Jewish people and with us being one it's just kind of like you confuse us, you know, cuz if you've seen the son, if you've seen the father, you've seen the son and Mashiach is called everlasting father, almighty God, you know, that's kind of yeah. Okay. Amen. So uh I'll let you tag in after we come back from a quick break. <laughs> 